The Brownies Cult, written by David White and read by Rebecca Brown. It was a dark and stormy Sunday evening in the height of winter. Peals of lightning could be heard clashing outside the doors to the grand house, but the family rested peacefully by the fire. The Laird and his beautiful wife, bountiful with child, rested next to the hearth after a delicious meal, and downstairs was the cook and a single servant boy, the only staff member in attendance that day for the laird had seen fit to send the rest to visit their families on the day of rest. The night drew on and the storm continued to rage outside, but the laird, safe within his sturdy walls, sought to retire to his bed and so beckoned to his wife. In standing, she immediately sat back down, as though hit by some sudden force. A moment passed and the laird approached her to offer her his hand, but in that moment she released the most ghoulish moan. She turned to the laird and stated surprisingly coolly, that she would require a midwife, for the baby was on its way. The husband was taken aback by the sudden onset of the situation and the lack of staff to attend his wife. I shall try to awaken the cook to wait with you while I ride down to fetch the midwife. She moaned once more and turned to the laird, this time her eyes burning. You shall not set a foot out that door, not in this storm, and you should not wake the cook either, for she's long past the age she should be working, and I will not further exhaust her by depriving her of sleep. The laird, now in somewhat of a predicament, offered cautiously, What then would you have me do? Send that useless servant boy, cried out his wife. The lord summoned the servant boy and ordered him to ride as fast as he could to Jedburgh and retrieve the midwife for his wife who had just gone into labour. The boy, having received his instructions, then turned and ambled towards the door, muttering to himself, Think I want to go out in that. No chance. I'll be killed. Jumped up by lairds. He can do it himself if he cares that much. And so the servant continued grumbling until he reached the stables where he climbed the ladders to the hayloft and so perched himself there. Perhaps he intended to ride out once the storm had cleared slightly. Perhaps just planned to hide out, but regardless, much unknown to him, a pair of eyes had been watching since he received his instructions from the laird. Those eyes belonged to the brownie of the house. The brownie, you see, is not only dutiful to the letter, but gets increasingly annoyed by those who aren't. So having known the boy to be lacking in the past, the brownie had followed him to see if he fulfilled his task. As expected, he would not. Promising to see to it that the boy was suitably punished upon his return, the brownie prepared to undertake the journey to retrieve the midwife himself. The brownie grunted, throwing on the servant's great coat which he had tossed to one side upon entering the stables. He then readied a horse, a beautiful brown mare with pale hair and white socks, upon which he swiftly mounted and turned to ride out. From the shelter of the doorway, the laird saw the horse and its rider thunder away from the house, and he couldn't help but wonder whether that may be the last he saw of either of them. Unbeknownst to him, the rider was not in fact the boy, but a brownie instead. Should he have stared a little longer, he would have noticed a difference in height, but given the darkness and the rain, such a detail was easily missed. The brownie drove on through the wind and rain, and upon reaching the tweed, the water level was just reaching half a foot over the ford, and while that not currently being an issue, his return across the river was sure to be met with opposition if he was not quick. So he drove on, the horse tiring quickly until the dull lights from Jedburgh came into view. He leapt off his horse outside the house of a midwife and banged upon her door. Upon answering, the midwife was most surprised to find a brownie waiting outside for her, and was further surprised by the speed at which he dragged her towards his horse and beckoned for her to ride behind him. The woman had to recover from the shock of the speed of the development, but for a few minutes before she lay tucked up in bed, though she noted the coat of the brownie and presumed him to be a servant of the lady she had been attending. 
Then as quick as he had arrived, the brownie was off again with the midwife in tow. As they raced towards the tweed, the brownie noted that the level of the water had risen to almost three feet and the current was fast moving. No normal person would have attempted to cross, but the brownie was no man and, in his desperation, rode the frightened mare into the river. The midwife, now advancing in years, let out a scream for never in her decades as a midwife had she tried to cross this river at this height. By some miracle, perhaps even the brownie's own magic, if in fact they are gifted with such talents, they made it across the river, and within minutes the house came into view, its silhouette made out against the flashes of lightning. As they arrived, the brownie jumped down and helped the midwife to the door where she was beckoned inside. The lair took one look down and saw the brownie. A look of mild surprise passed across his face, but he was clearly too distracted by the situation inside to focus too heavily on the strange occurrence. The brownie then took the mare, who had suffered dreadfully and was now looking far from her once groomed state to her stable. Upon stabling the mare, he glanced up and saw the lazy servant now asleep upon the hay. The brownie, now seeking to fulfil his earlier promise to punish the boy upon his return, took out a horsewhip and proceeded to flog the boy. It can be noted that from that day on, the boy made especially sure that no eyes lurked in the darkness when he sought to deviate from his duties. Some even say he became a better servant, although whether he just appeared as such is unknown. Upon the cockerel's cry of the next morning, the child was born. A son for the laird and his wife and the laird was so overjoyed with the efforts made by the dutiful brownie that he sought to reward him. The brownie, being normally dressed in rags, had no coat of his own, and the one borrowed being that of the servant and much too big for the creature, the lord heard whispers among the servants that the brownie had remarked upon the green coat of a visiting laird, and expressed how much he would have loved such a coat. The laird had one made to mark the brownie's great deed. However, upon receiving the coat, it is said that the brownie said nothing, but rather put it on, it was a perfect fit, and wandered off. He was never seen again. Not in this life, anyway. Some suppose the gift of the coat symbolised a release from his bond to the family. Others think that the brownie believed he had fulfilled his tasks for this world, and thus, now suitably bedecked, sought to join the fairies in theirs. The End Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Kofi page, which you can find in the show notes if you would like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>